This is the Hypothetically Sound Podcast, hosted by Alec, Kevin, Randy, and Xavier. A show that explores the maybes, how comes, and what ifs of life. Join in on the unfiltered, raw, and real conversations today. Welcome back to Hypothetically Sound. My name is Kevin, and I'm here with... Alec, Randy, and Xavier. And today, we're going to um, switch things up a little bit. We have done a few podcasts now up to this point, and we're still trying to figure out the format, the way we want to do it, the way we want to reach you guys, um, and bring the most excitement and energy we can to you. Um, so for the next few episodes, uh, we're going to be talking about theories. It's a little series that we're going to put together. And um, for that series, we're going to also uh, slim down the time frame for those uh, podcasts. So uh, we definitely want your feedback, uh, learning still. And if you have anything um, to tell us, let us know. But without further ado, let's let's get into it. So I wanted to bring this to the table. Uh, the boys decided to discuss theories, and we wanted to come up with one that we actually believe in. So the one I came up with was the Lazarus Theory. I've heard a lot about it. I've watched movies, read books about it, and I wanted to get the crew's opinion on it. So first, let me start with where I found like a description, you know, um, of what it is. And the Lazarus theory is described as a, a delete, delayed return of spontaneous circulation after CPR. So basically what that means for anybody who doesn't understand some of those terms that I'm using is that someone died. Their, their heart stopped pumping um, and they were considered dead for multiple minutes but then brought back to life, whether it's through CPR or there's been cases of bodies even being found in the morgue hours later that they actually end up getting a, a heartbeat again and coming back to life. As extraordinary as that is, I want to discuss what these people decided to say after they were brought back to life, the, the stories that they come up with. Um, before I get into some of those stories, what do you guys even think about that theory? So you're saying, uh, so the theory is that when people die and they see the white light, for example, uh, they're coming back to life after being technically brain dead for a certain amount of time, be it 15 seconds to a minute. Or in some cases, uh, like you said, they were put into the morgue. So obviously they were pronounced dead, brain dead for more than hours at a time. And so they're coming back and they have some type of like vision they're talking about. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, and with the concept of brain dead, I think that's where we'll also have to discuss that quickly, too, because some will say that this only happens for people who actually aren't brain dead. Uh, I put into Discord a, a photo of it that shows that uh, a person died, but their brain is actually still actively working, even though their blood isn't circulating anymore. So therefore, they, their brain is still moving, and maybe that is part of the reason why. Um I don't want to believe that because then that would that would make my theory not true. But go ahead, Xander. I mean, much I, I don't know. I <clears throat> I also kind of wonder about that because uh, the brain activity has been said to be much like dreaming. So you know, it definitely would make sense as to why someone might feel like they experienced something um, or they were doing something. I mean, I I can account for quite a few lucid dreams I've had where I felt like I was definitely there, but certainly was not. So it's uh quite. A kind of take on that. What do you think, Alan? Um, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on it because, like, anything's, obviously anything's possible, in my opinion. 
And like, yeah, maybe these guys, you know, did die and like saw something, some afterlife or some weird thing, right? And they come back. But some of these people's stories that I've I've seen are ridiculous. Like, are just like a little too much. <laughs> what you do you mean by saying? that? Um, they, I I do recall like on like Doctor Phil and one of those type shows that someone was like was like describing heaven, but the way he did it was really uh propaganda like i guess because he followed it up with like uh this is why you need to believe god in god right so like it kind of made me feel like someone fed to him that he might have seen something you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and then like mm-hmm. pushed that agenda because like when you, i i believe if you die and come back you're going to be susceptible susceptible to a lot of things like you just mm-hmm. died so it's going to take you a second to process it. And during that time, during that trauma, I'm sure that people can drill in some things into your head that are, you know, give you comfort. And I think that would give some people comfort. So. Well, the crazy thing about what you're saying, too, is a lot of people are reporting that after that, um, that out of body experience that they're they're able to say, such as like Xavier said, he had these lucid dreams that. They were outside of their body and they were able to actually see what the doctors and the surgeons were doing to their body that there's no way they would have known because they were dead at the time. They they were even if they weren't technically dead, they were under such heavy medication that there was no way they would have saw what was going on. So I think for me, it. I think it, it starts bridging the gap of, of a first of all, do you do you believe in God? Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in these things? Because if you don't believe in those things, how can you believe that there's this afterlife, right? right. You right. know what I mean? So like, but then again, when you listen to some of these stories or you read some of these stories, for example, there's a person that said, I remember thinking over my life, but it wasn't like a montage, more like I was idly flipping through a book and snippets stood out here and there. And that whatever it was, it changed my thoughts on a few things. I'm still afraid to die, but I'm not worried about what happens after that. So when you hear that, what is, what What do you, like, are they saying that they're not afraid to die because they know it's peaceful? Or are they not afraid to die because they think they really believe in heaven now and they didn't before? Or they're not afraid to die because they experience it and people generally fear the unknown? Yeah. Okay. Just just having an idea of like what happens. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That's all. I think that's all it is. Is once you experience something, it's like jumping out of a plane. You're afraid to do it because of the heights and the risk and the, and all that. And then after you do it, once you jump out the plane and you land, you're like, okay, yeah, let's uh, let's run this again. <laughs> let's run this again. And that's why people do it. Like once that fear is gone. And you're gonna keep doing it. It's kind of like, and it's like asking out a girl. Like when we were all younger, and like the first time we asked out a girl, we were nervous. Like, oh, we're gonna say no. She's gonna say no. And then you ask out a girl, and she says yes, or she says no, and you're like, that wasn't. It was too bad. Okay. The first uh, some of us <laughs> change this. Let me change that, and like let's do it again. Let's ask again. Let's. That's how people get good at things, and they stop fearing things. So. With with the Lazarus effect, kind of go back to that. Um, there's quite a few people that think that after this event, that they are more in tune with the 
outer body experiences or can have these more lucid moments where now they're starting to fall asleep and they're having these out of body experiences. Um, do you think anything like that could happen that because their body, I don't know, died and, and was almost reborn in a way that they now have this newfound ability that they didn't have before? Or do you think that's just the case of people talking out their ass, basically? I think an argument of that could be uh, the lack of blood flow for a few minutes mm -hmm. to the brain could damage mm -hmm. something. And they think they are experiencing something different when they are doing that. But really, it's just like acute brain damage or something. Okay. I would uh, kind of... It's similar how they're describing it to uh, sleep paralysis. I don't know if anybody has experienced that firsthand. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you're, you, you're laying there and all of a sudden you can't move. It's feeling like mm. something's pushing down on you, but you're seeing and hearing everything yeah. around you. And so, yeah. like, when it happened to me, I, I, like, in my head, what made it up was that we have, like, I believe, we believe in ghosts, all of us, or most of us. Like, I believe there's a spirit that haunts our family, uh, specifically our dad and uh, <clears throat> I and us, me and Alec. And when I had it, like, it felt like there was a spirit on top of me pressing me down. Like, I thought I was dreaming. And it wasn't until after that, you know, it's sleep paralysis. And so that could be what's happening to these people. It's like they're uh, experiencing something that is medically explainable. And their brain is finding a way to uh, convince them that this is happening. Because you, like you said, it's chaos. You need a reason for something that's happening to you. And so dying, coming back to life, seeing these things, it's giving you comfort. Right. And I mean, I guess like the same thing kind of goes for people, you know, I guess like your religious background would definitely play a role on whether or not it's perceived, you know, that experience is perceived as a religious thing. Yeah, or not, or a science thing. I, and I couldn't think of a way to say that, but yeah, definitely. I, f I find this interesting just because of the scientific background that I come from just now working in, in healthcare and things like that. And the stories a lot of the nurses uh, bring to the table where they're like, yeah, I was I was literally beating on somebody's chest for five minutes straight where they're cracking ribs. And this person looks like they are dead, like for sure. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they start breathing again. And it's it is kind of crazy to think that that's just coincidence or mishap that they came back to life and it's just the luck of the draw. Um, and, and then it makes me wonder why somebody would make up that big of a story unless it's just the perfect opportune moment for them to say that, you know, I saw my grandfather or, you know, I, mm -hmm. I saw, I saw that light and the light told me to do a, B and C when I come back to life. And they actually do complete those things when they come back to life. Um, Ooh. Actually yeah. gave me a thought. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, you're good. Um, I it could also be affected of what they think they see when they you know die or what they do see is like the last thoughts because like a lot of people who come back to life are like, yeah, I knew I was dying. Like I knew I was dead, and I'm sure like in in your head, you know, you're dying and you're about to die, right? Uh, certain scenarios, and uh, so maybe they were thinking about like their grandfather or what if there is a heaven. And that kind of helped out with their image afterwards. Almost kind of like if you put it in your head, 
Right. Like if you put in your head over and over and over before you fall asleep, I'm going to be a race car driver. More than likely, you're going to dream about being a race car driver because you just kept thinking about it before you went to bed. You know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I could definitely see that, too. I mean, just for my own sake, um, I'll be 100 percent. I question. I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, Michelle knows it. Uh, my life. Everybody knows it. I question God. I question all that um, because because mm-hmm. it's it's a legit question. Uh, due to my past, due due to family things, just just life in general. Um, but because I question it, I do have a big fear. What is going to happen to me when I die? Like I kind of wish I would know. And and I kind of draw drew into the Lazarus effect just because if people are really coming back and and saying these things and these things are happening to them. And there's a story of a woman who her she had she drowned and she was dead for almost 15 minutes and she came back to life and you know when she was dead a voice told her that her she should be careful about her son because her son's going to die soon and a year later when her son turns 18 she thinks everything's great everything's fine but boom her son dies in a situation where he's just walking down the street car runs off the road and kills him you know and it and it's just crazy because that that is so how is that coincidental that it just happened that way if there wasn't some truth behind what she said she heard when she was dead? But I don't know. It, it makes sense. But the the like the opposite of it also could have been true. Like, so she said, oh, I came back and the voice told me my son's going to die here shortly. Son lives at 80. Like, right. Uh, well, did you really hear a voice or did you change fate by doing it? Uh, putting in the universe, yeah, yeah, just put in the universe, you changed it, uh, right. and that's and it comes down to my least favorite part of religion faith, uh, things like that is what people would term faith. You had to have the faith that this is happening for a reason, or that you went there and this voice is true, so you have the faith that you need to listen to it and follow it, and that's probably what it happens for most people is like you have this experience. You see these things, and even if they aren't phenomenally real, they're real to you, so you're going to do what it takes to make that not happen or happen. So like like you were saying, the saying, I'm going to be a race car driver, and then you dream about being a race car driver. Uh, you have this vision of what you want your future to be, so you work it. And now you have this vision of, my son's going to die in a year. She obviously didn't, like, there's nothing you can really do about it. There's no way to stop a freak accident. But you know what I'm saying? Like, she saw it, and so she was probably looking out for it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he choked on this, his water. Oh, shit, is he about to die? And it probably made her life a lot more stressful. Mm-hmm. And then when he passed away, it probably made her a lot more mournful because, oh, shit, I knew this was going to happen. I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a, yeah. it's crazy. It's, yeah, I, like, it's interesting. It's a it's a legit theory. Like these people, no matter what, it's real to them. Right, right. Well, I mean, whether you guys are believers or not, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, there's just the last thing I was gonna say is kind of like to play a role into kind of how some of these stories are a bit elaborate. Is part of the reason why is that the body will release natural DMT when you die. So if your body is in a state that triggers that, it's definitely definitely going to create some more like lucid or um, more expansive 
things going on in the mind. So, I mean, when you say that too, like <laughs> the part I try to leave out because I don't, I don't want to take away from my beliefs in the idea is this woman and her son. Her son was big into extreme sports, like motorbiking and and snowboarding and doing all these crazy extreme sports. So again, right before she died, she could have already had her son on the mind and going, oh, well, he's got this big event coming up a week from now where he could get hurt. And when she died, that was on her head. And so then she did hear that voice saying, hey, you know, right. he's going to die within a year, you know, because, exactly. you know, those thoughts were going through. So and especially with those those chemicals releasing, it created this whole world for her, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder when someone says I was dead for five minutes, were they really only dead for 30 seconds, but it felt like a lot longer to them, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like sleeping. Yeah. Right. Right. You never know it unless it, I guess, truly happens to you, which brings me to that point. A hypothetical question. Um, if you were to die and this was real and you were able to see anyone you could possibly see dead or alive, uh, who would it be? Alec? Probably just relatives, honestly. Like, I, I personally hope that it's just, like, darkness. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, if there's, like, an afterlife, that kind of sucks. Because, like, if I'm a bad person or is a hell, I'm probably going there. Like, I'll just be honest. I think most people are. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, like, it's reborn, like, you got to live through life again. And if it's not great, it just sucks. But, like, darkness doesn't seem that bad. Like, just nothing is, <laughs> right? So, but if, if, if there was something, I would like to see some of the relatives that I haven't seen in a while and, you know, kick it with them for however long before I get kicked out, you know, <laughs> what about you, Ren? I'm going to take it onto the extreme. Like these people are hearing stuff. I would probably go and see, uh, our grandma and then me and Alex grandpa on our mom's side, like together at the same time and listen to the wisdom one more time to see what what they're witnessing in other people's life that we can maybe help change or what they're witnessing in our lives. Like, Randy, if you don't lose 100 pounds in the next week, you're going to drop dead from a hundred, uh, heart attack. Not Obviously, I can't lose 100 pounds in a week, but you no, know I'm saying like, listen to the wisdom. If they're hearing things and it's real, like, yeah, I want, I'm going to listen. Like, I would be foolish not to take advantage of listening to their wisdom from outside of this plane. Mm -hmm. Plus, I get to see my grandma and grandpa again, so. Right. Right. Is that it? Same. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll close it off with saying that for sure the first person would be Grandma Trudy. Uh, I think the, the first thing I'd want to say to her is that um, we got back together. You know, I think I think one of her biggest concerns, even when I was leaving, was that, you know, we were all separating. We were all losing touch with each other. And I think it would make her feel that much more blessed and, and, and comforted knowing that we are at least back in each other's, you know, lives and talking, you know, still not to that Minnesota level, um, you know, and hopefully it will get to that point at some time. But I would think she would love to hear that, you know, we're all talking again. And then the other person, legitimately, I would have to say, um, would be Michelle's mom because Michelle's mom passed away probably like seven months or so before I even started talking to her. It was a bit, she was the biggest, I mean, she still gets affected and emotional about her mom's passing and it's been years now. Uh, but you know, when you marry someone you want, you want her family to, to really embrace and, and bring you into the fold. And I feel like that's never going to truly be the case because I never got to introduce myself to her mother. 
Um, so that would be probably the other person. But other than that, um, any other anybody that wanted to come in front of me and and say something, I would be you know blessed and and allow it. So yeah. So that's my take on the theory, uh, Lazarus theory, and thereafter. Uh, it's been oh, that's an interesting one. For sure, uh, interesting. Yeah. So hopefully we can have more discussions even offline about these kinds of things. And and I know in the upcoming theories, we're going to have some great talks about some stuff. So uh, oh, yeah. everybody, everybody should look forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Next episode, Smiley Face Killers. Ah, who's who's bringing it? Who's bringing that theory to? Uh, I am. It's okay. gonna be all me next episode. You guys get to hear okay. me a lot. Oh, baby! <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, shout out! Shout out to the Death Defiers. <laughs> I see you living every day. You wake up. All right. <laughs> uh, as always, guys, don't forget that uh, you can find us on Podbean and every other social main. Uh, place to get to podcasts spotify apple google the whole nine we're on all of thanks them for listening thanks you for listening we're on uh youtube you can see us live or faces uh and uh merch sir as always guys it's been a pleasure not, not sir booty sir booty not sir bidet bidet it's Boudet. close to bidet but it's not bidet eventually it'll be a better place for you guys to get stuff it will be oh yeah, it'd be a technically sound <laughs> <score> at some point. <laughs> or Amazon, or who knows. We'll be everywhere. We're always looking to get bigger and better, guys. So, Let's keep thank you guys again. Look up. Yeah. And until next time. Yeah. Deuces. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full unedited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.